This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So I will not vote for any aid until we secure our own border. Reform asylum, reform, reform parole is possible to do. Democrats don't want to do it. All Republicans want to do it. I'm not helping Ukraine until we help ourselves. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. No, it's... A handful of Republicans have dangerously tried to link Ukraine aid and make our support for democracy in the West a pivotal issue that history will remember us for, conditional on passing hard right border policies similar to H.R. 2. Welcome to the War Room. It's Natalie Winters hosting, filling in for Stephen K. Bannon today, December 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Now, I know Steve is usually pretty good at assembling some cold opens. Now, I always like a good juxtaposition. And I have to say, I think what I put together there is pretty good. Usually, we play clips of Lindsey Graham here in the War Room to, frankly, I would say mock, ridicule, and shame him into taking the America First position on issues, which seems to be foreign to him. Uh, every now and then, he goes on Fox like he did this morning, and he basically parroted the talking points we've been saying here in the war room. In other words, no more aid to Ukraine until we fix the border. It was juxtaposed with that other clip where he said, and I quote, aid to Ukraine is the best money we've ever spent. That was just six months ago. So I'd ask you, Lindsey Graham, what happened to that money? I don't even think you could actually calculate the ROI on all the money we've sent to Ukraine because that would imply we actually know where that money's gone and how much of it has actually gone to the people it's been intended to go to, though I guess we've never really outlined what exactly that money is supposed to be supporting, except just defending democracy, whatever that euphemism means. And then there's a nice juxtaposition of Senator Schumer calling the border policies, like the ones we've outlined in HR2, as far-right uh, border approaches to immigration. It's absolutely ridiculous. That was a clip filmed, I believe, just today. Reports coming in that dozens, if not hundreds, of illegal immigrants from, you guessed it, China, probably the Chinese Communist Party, uh, have breached the U.S. southern border. But hey, I guess that's just another day 
under the Biden regime. Luckily, we have Congressman Keith Self, who is always trying to fight back as much as he can. Uh, joining us here in the war room, you guys know I am out of studio, so he is bringing in the good background, the war room background. He's making the show look a lot more professional, so I thank you for that. But Congressman Self, I know the war room policy does not want to give one penny more to Ukraine. Um, I'd love if you could sort of drill down, feel free to get as granular as you want on the appropriations process as to where we stand on that front, both in terms of a timeline, scheduling with the new speaker. But, you know, I know the White House is pressuring you guys for more aid now. There was some media reporting on that today. But where do we stand? Uh, well, frankly, we have to solve our own appropriations process first. We've got two CRs now. Uh, a lot of the, the appropriations bills uh, expire in January, several in February. Uh, and frankly, we need to settle that before we start talking about any supplementals. Uh, of course, we've got the Israel supplemental in the Senate. They've chosen not to act on that at all. And they're pushing us for additional supplemental for Ukraine when we've not even uh, settled our own appropri appropriations process. And frankly, uh, we've got to get border enforcement. You're focused on the border. I don't want more money. I don't want more policy for the border. I want to change the behavior of a lawless president. How do we do that? That is the discussion. You're exactly right. We don't need to give more money to the very same agencies operating down on the border to basically help them become, you know, the, the welcome guard to these hordes of illegal immigrants, these invaders that are coming in. But I'm just curious because we hear a lot of talk, obviously, in the media on this show. We have a lot of your colleagues on talking about how important it is to say impeach someone like Mayorkas. Meanwhile, the House seems to be more focused and concerned with removing George Santos. I would argue we should focus on removing people like Mayorkas and frankly impeaching Joe Biden. But, you know, appropriations aside, I'm, I'm just curious in terms of moving the needle on anything on that front. Do you see any appetite to really, you know, from the appropriations side of things, stop just what is the endless money train to whether it's DHS to Mayorkas? Is there any meaningful efforts going on to impeach him or to get some real accountability, particularly on that front? Where do we stand? Well, you know, we had a vote to impeach Mayorkas. And frankly, Republicans voted it down. It did not pass. Uh, that was an effort to impeach Mayorkas. I think the real accountability is against the Biden crime family. Uh, the three committee chairs, Ways and Means, Oversight, Judiciary, briefed the conference recently, and they have really hard, solid evidence. We're talking about tax records, bank records. Uh, the real hard evidence, if you don't consider 8 million people coming across the border, hard evidence, but the hard evidence in bank records and tax records is, uh, is flowing out. Uh, so I think we're going to see the impeachment inquiry move forward with a vote in the House against President Biden. And what do you think the time frame is in terms of moving forward on impeachment? Well, the, the vote in the House I expect to happen soon because even the Speaker has said he has the votes for, the, for a formal impeachment inquiry. Without that formal vote, the White House is telling us they don't have to respond to subpoenas, congressional subpoenas. So we need that vote. We need to take a vote. We need to formalize the impeachment inquiry. And once that happens, uh, then you're going to see Hunter Biden deposed. You're going to see other people deposed, which will move it even faster because we've got to make the case 
to the American people that there's hard evidence uh, in this case. So I think that is the next thing you will see fairly soon, a formal vote on the impeachment inquiry, the full House. You know, a lot of people like to say that when Republicans like to go after Hunter Biden, they say, well, he's not in charge. He's not in the Oval Office. It has no ramifications on the policies that President Joe Biden is putting out. But I'm sure I, along with you, would would beg to differ because when you see so many of the policies uh, that are rather the companies and business endeavors that Hunter Biden really pursued, they had to do with green energy. They had to do with automobiles. They had to deal with a lot of countries that I think Joe Biden's approach to in terms of policymaking, I think compromised is too nice a term to describe it, right? There's conflicts of interest, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's China, I would say two of the countries that he's failed most miserably on. Um, but in terms of making the case to the American people about why impeachment matters, do you think a lot of the messaging is going to focus on that? That rather, it's not just that Joe Biden, you know, took money as unethical and immoral, though I'd say par for the course uh, with most people, yourself excluded in Washington, D.C. Um, but do you think that your colleagues are prepared to make the argument that there still are current present day ramifications uh, to the policies that the Biden regime is putting out uh, as a result of Hunter Biden's business dealings? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. The case can be made uh, to today. Uh, we could make the case today that Hunter Biden is an unregistered foreign agent. That case is easily made, but that doesn't get us to impeachment of Joe Biden. Uh, so the $20, uh, $20 million uh, that flowed to the Biden family, the 20-plus shell companies that they used very aggressively to launder this money, loans that have no interest rate, no repayment schedule, no documents, uh, these are all this. These are all evidences of uh, of the Biden crime family activity. You know, Steve and I will always tell likes you to... this, this. This this is so important. This is so important because we're now in the third Obama term, and frankly, we cannot afford a fourth Obama term. I don't know that we can survive a fourth Obama term. Uh, so we need to make this happen so that we have a clear choice and return Pre uh, President Trump to the White House because w we have got to squelch this fourth Obama term that we're looking down the barrel of. You know, the saying goes that weakness invites aggression. And when you take a step back, you look at the world stage. Steve always says the world is on fire. I think that's an apt uh, assessment of what we're seeing going on here, whether it's what we started our conversation with talking about Ukraine, you can go all the way to Israel to now what's going on in the Red Sea to what's going on at the border. It sort of seems like there's all these maybe you call them coincidences. Now, we don't say there are any conspiracies here in the war room, but, you know, you see all these sort of events aligning. And frankly, I think the only victor uh, conclusively across all these issues, it seems to be our greatest adversary, the Chinese Communist Party, right there, sort of on the upside of America getting drawn into more forever wars and having a porous open border from a national security uh, perspective. I'm just curious when you sort of take a step back. Uh, what do you think, and if I'm not mistaken, I think you actually were just part of a CODEL to Taiwan a few months ago, seeing how serious they were about defending themselves from the you know ever-increasing threat of the CCP. But when you take a step back and you look at, at the global kind of situation going on, um, I know we like to say that weakness invites aggression, but when it comes to the Biden regime, do you think there's something more nefarious going on? In other words, I think weakness is maybe too kind of a way to describe it. I think in some ways it's an intentional weakness, right? It's sort of this perennial debate. Is it incompetence or intentionality 
in your estimation from the evidence you've seen, you know, and of course this dovetails with a potential impeachment inquiry, but do you, what do you think is really driving some of these just abysmal policy failures from the Biden regime? Is it just sort of like you said, the, the continuation of what is really the Obama legacy to, I would argue, destroy America from the inside out? Or do you think they're just incompetent? Is it a mix of both? Well, I think they actually have policies that uh, help to work to destroy America. Let's take the firing of the Ukraine prosecutor. Uh, Biden himself said, it's on record, President Biden himself said, I withheld $1 billion. Now, that's official action. I withheld $1 billion. I threatened to withhold $1 billion if they did not fire Slotkin, the Ukrainian prosecutor. And they did. So that is an, a, a direct action by the president to use the power of the United States loan guarantees to force, to, uh, force the firing of a prosecutor that was going after corruption. We know that the prosecutor before him and the prosecutor after him are involved, and yet he was the one that was fired. He was fired on President Biden withholding $1 billion from Ukraine. So that is an action that we know he stood in the way of uh, investigation of corruption in the Ukraine government. But let's go back to the world situation that you mentioned. There is now an evil axis, China, Russia, and Iran. A lot of what you you see are coordinated activities by the axis of evil. Uh, Certainly, Iran controls Hezbollah, the Houthis, uh, Hamas, of course. They fund Hamas. Uh, When you look at Ukraine, Russia is, is there on the front lines, but China is supporting Russia behind the scenes with quite a bit. Uh, so this is, this is a coordinated effort, and it all stems, in my mind, from the absolutely weak withdrawal, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. You saw Russia start to move troops toward the Ukrainian border within months of that disaster in Afghanistan. And you're exactly right. Weakness uh, emboldens aggression. And frankly, uh, to take down America, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to uh, use the weakness of the Biden administration in all of these areas around the world. And Congressman Self, if people want to follow you, go to your campaign website. Where can they go to do all that? Uh, sign up for my weekly newsletter at keithself.house.gov and any of the social media. Kind of have the standard format uh, at Rep Keith Self whatever the format for the platform is, <laughs> at Keith Self, at Rep Keith Self. Thank you so much, Congressman. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us in the War Room. And Warren Posse, we'll be right back. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. 
Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. We certainly are living in turbulent times. That's why you guys got to give the people over at Birch Gold a call to talk about all things, not just gold, but your personal finances, how the Biden regime, especially as we approach the 2024 election, all the free handouts they're going to try to give to people to try to bribe them into voting for them. It's not going to end well for probably anyone, uh, let alone MAGA Americans, because as you know, they don't care about you. They think you're deplorable. So you got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the latest installment of the end of the dollar empire. And for those of you watching on video, you can obviously tell that I am out of the studio and I'm still learning how to deal with the California sunlight uh, because apparently it is messing up the shot, but I digress. I guess golden sunlight, birch gold. There's some some tie there. I could have probably done a better segue there. But in the meantime, we have someone whose lighting situation, I think, looks a lot better than mine. That is Dr. Bradley Thayer, who has been writing some wonderful commentary for the warroom.org website lately. If you haven't I've been reading it, you got to make sure you go to warroom.org and go to the newsroom tab to get some of his brilliant analysis on really all things China, all things globalism, all things, I would say, deep state. Uh, that's the latest piece he has up today from Abigate to Jericho Wall, the gross negligence of Western militaries. Now, Dr. Thayer, I'd love if you could walk us through the piece, but I have one specific question for you. You used to, I'm, I'm a very analytical person, and I think your use of the phrase gross negligence is interesting because I would probably say that I think there's more, I would say, calculated and more of a calculated aspect and intentionality behind a lot of the, you know, misgivings and misdeeds of American and Western military. Uh, I think in kind of the eternal debate of intentional versus incompetence, right? When you see these policy blunders happen, whether it's Afghanistan or is Israel, I lead more towards the intentional side of things, sort of what I was talking about with representative self. So I'd love if you could walk through the piece and sort of just explore that angle in particular, because I'm curious about your analysis or assessment of that. Well, sure. It's a, my pleasure to join you uh, 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 this uh, afternoon, uh, Natalie. Uh, I, I'm pleased. The, the central argument of the piece is to uh, explain why uh, Western militaries, the U.S. military and the Israeli Defense Forces uh, in particular, uh, face major problems. And those uh, problems in their performance is really evidenced by our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the attack at uh, Abbey Gate, um, and then subsequently the uh, grievous mistake of uh, killing the um, Afghan aid worker and and uh, nine other Afghans in a in a case of a horrible case of mistaken identity, and then the fact that the IDF was surprised uh, purportedly uh, the October seventh uh, attacks, and the argument I make is that. Uh, the military is moving away from professionalism, both the IDF to some degree, but also the U.S. military is moving away from one of the key aspects of its great success in the Cold War, which was a professional military, a military that policed itself, 
that ensured that um, it was a meritocracy uh, and that ensured that it was going to be able to deal with, under civilian leadership, it was going to be able to deal with America's threats, the Soviet Union, of course, or communist China or Vietnam or other uh, 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 issues that we faced, of course, in the Cold War. That has been eroding, and under the Biden administration, it really has become a torrent uh, under General Milley, um, U.S. Army General Mark Milley, uh, who recently has left uh, the position of chairman of, of the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, he was responsible as the senior military advisor to Biden to provide the best uh, military advice possible. He said he conveyed that to Biden. Biden then rejected it. And it was a, his responsibility to resign then and not to go along with what became a debacle and a symptom of uh, negligence. Uh, and that negligence comes from the lack of the military to police itself. When civilians are do going down the wrong way, it's the responsibility of military officers uh, to resign because, of course, they're very greatly constrained in what they're able to say while they're wearing uh, the uniform. So there's a rot in the U.S. military, uh, and it has to be corrected. Uh, and it's going to be corrected certainly by proper civilian leadership, but also by um, the professionalism and the, the warrior ethos of uh, the military uh, itself. All of that is, is necessary. Similarly, you see that in the intelligence community as well. That wasn't the principal point of the piece, but you see the fact that it has become politicized and the U.S. military, as well as, of course, our intelligence community, are eliding into uh, becoming politicized forces. Uh, and with the U.S. military, of course, uh, that's egregious at so many levels. Uh, it's not their tradition. It's not what's necessary for American security. And it's a danger to uh, the republic. It's an existential danger to the republic. So officers have to police themselves. Uh, and that really is um, the fundamental point of the piece. It's interesting. I, I think you sort of you sort of beat me to it. I wanted to extrapolate your your piece really to the broader federal government. Sort of, I think my biggest takeaway from General Milley's exit interview on 60 Minutes, if people remember the dumpster fire, uh, that was that interview. We played the clips here uh, in the war room. But my takeaway, as with I think similar to Anthony Fauci, to the people like Alexander Vindman, a lot of these impeachment witnesses, is that America really is run to some extent to a high degree by these unelected bureaucrat types, right? And I. I think that mechanism for which we can hold these people accountable is very difficult to find and have it play out. And I think you have these people, whether you want to call them deep state actors, that might be too cutesy a term, but they they really can go rogue because there's not a mechanism to really hold them to account, right? Or keep them, I would say, beholden to the will of the people. So you see them actively subverting the agenda of President Donald J. Trump. You know, I think Fauci admitted to that. General Milley admitted to that. So I'm just curious from, from your perspective, and I know the piece doesn't necessarily get into this, but how do you go about, how do you begin rectifying that? You know, how do you, in your opinion, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, what kind of dismantling the deep state or really going after some of these kind of, I would say, hollowed out areas where they seem sort of untouchable, right? The Millies, the Fauci's of the world. How do you start to start to sort of reverse the power that they've accumulated over time? Well, I agree. It's a very, it's a significant problem and it has to be corrected. Uh, 
I, I think it depends. There's the civilian world, of course, and then the world of the military. And the military is treated differently, of course, in our civil military relations. We recognize historically that the military is its own domain. It needs to be its own domain uh, to train professionals in the use of violence, which is what uh, largely the United States military uh, has been uh, and remains. So if we're looking at the military, it's extremely important that the military remembers uh, the fact that they are professionals. As Samuel Huntington uh, observed in his classic book, The Soldier and the State, the military is a profession. It has certain responsibilities uh, and uh, it needs to recognize its proper role. Military officers need to recognize their proper role and that is that they are not there as political actors. Uh, they are not there um, to have a political role or to participate in political debates, but they're there to serve the national security interests of the United States and to devote all of their energies uh, to that uh, profession. We've seen that eroded, of course, with uh, DEI. We've seen that eroded with so many other efforts of the Obama administration that have been accelerated by the Biden administration to really create a politicized military. And that's very dangerous because that's taking us into the territory of the Red Army, of the Soviet Red Army or of uh, the People's Liberation Army uh, in the People's Republic of China. Uh, and that is a military which is not going to be combat effective, right? That's a, a military that is going to be extremely dangerous for our domestic politics, but also because it's not able to be military effe militarily effective uh, when the United States needs to use it. You're going to have replications at much greater scale and in, in much greater gauge of Abbey Gates, of the failures uh, that we've witnessed of, of the US military and allied militaries like the IDF. So it's a very significant problem. On the civilian side, I think it's also very important for those civilians to recognize, of course, the traditions of the civil service. And that is that they should not be, there's the Hatch Act, of course, they should not be political actors and they should not have that role. That's violated grossly, of course, as we've seen. And so it has to be policed. And how is that going to be policed? Well, it has to be policed by the civil service to extent, but also Congress, of course, has to take a larger role uh, in doing that. I recognize that's an imperfect solution uh, and a partial solution only, uh, but I think that that will uh, instill the right values. And again, to return to a professional ethos that our civil service uh, had, of course, in our history. Dr. Fair, I wish I could keep you longer, but I got to let you go. So real quick, not only let the audience know where they can find you, where they can get all these articles you're writing, but you can give us, show us a little ankle, as Steve would say, on the piece you got dropping tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we'll be looking at uh, the support that the People's Republic of China has been giving Russia uh, in the attacking U.S. NATO allies uh, uh, and um, uh, the efforts of a Chinese vessel in particular uh, to cut a, a, a very important natural gas line uh, and telecommunication cables uh, between Estonia and Finland and Estonia and Sweden. So it's a very dangerous event and it shows how closely twinned, how closely allied Moscow uh, and Beijing uh, are. Uh, and it's a very considerable threat to us. Natalie, thank you very much.
Of course, thank you so much for joining us. A fellow University of Chicago graduate and our next guest who's going to be joining us after the break, of course, doctor, another doctor, Dr. Darren J. Beatty, is also a fellow University of Chicago graduate. Warren Poston will be right back after this break. But in the meantime, you guys got to go to public square. You guys got to stop giving your money. I know I have stopped giving most of my money to people that hate me, people that want to see me thrown in prison and in jail for daring to question not just the 2020 uh, election to dare to even talk about the 2016 election or COVID-19 vaccines. So you got to go to public square to stop giving your money to people who hate you. We'll be right back. It's clear the unthinkable is here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us boldly every day. Something's clearly wrong. Time is short to become more self-reliant and secure. The future of you and your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness com- company. Let me repeat that. It's the country's largest preparedness company. They've been at this a long time. And they're more equipped than ever to stock your shelves. Their best-selling three-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. And right now, it's 200 bucks off. You get over 2,000 calories every day. Just add water, heat, and then eat. And remember, you get $200 off if you order today. Make sure every member of your family has a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com for the $200 savings. Be sure to order by 3 p.m. and your order ships free the same day. It's best to have emergency food and not need it than to need it and not have it. Take $200 off at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. It's the biggest preparedness company in the segment. Make sure you take advantage of their consultants. Go there today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. I was just talking with not our next guest, but our next next guest, Mike Davis. Uh, before we came back to the show, we were trying to figure out the name of a certain individual who was engaged in one of these lawfare attacks against President Trump. And there were so many contenders, I didn't know who he was even talking about, which I feel like is a real testament to the times we're living in. Uh, Speaking of the times we're living in, you guys know Affirmative Action, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DIE for short, uh, had become, of course, the new law of the land, unfortunately, for most of us, um, and someone who has always been on the forefront of that issue, that threat, dare I call it a threat, uh, is, of course, Dr. Darren J. Beatty of Revolver.News fame. You have a new piece, Harvard's Shocking Admission, Affirmative Action and Critical Race Theory Killed South Africa. I'd love if you could walk the audience through that piece and your analysis. Indeed. Well, this all falls within a broader context of study that we've been engaging in, Revolver, about the collapse of our ability to maintain complex systems. Um, Our major study more recently about the collapse of the aviation industry and the incompetence prevalent in the air traffic controller community is just one part of that larger story of America's sort of systemic collapse. And I think South Africa is really an important story 
to study because it marks sort of the accelerated version that already happened of what it looks like when a society that was once first world, thriving, technological, collapses in a very short period of time. And this is interesting, this piece that we did, it's covering a study that Harvard did that begrudgingly acknowledges that the manifest failure of South Africa as a society more broadly um, largely owes to its aggressive DEI policies, although they call it something different there, but it all amounts to basically aggressive and pervasive affirmative action policies that have destroyed every critical piece of infrastructure in that country, um, which is pretty astonishing. And life expectancy is plummeted, and it's gotten to the point where they're unable to even keep the lights on in a very literal sense, that they're just enduring blackouts all the time. Um, the power company uh, instituted a policy of actively encouraging white people to leave, which they did. And then in a reasonable amount of time, we got constant blackouts. And that is basically the state of South Africa now. And if you think that this can only happen in South Africa, you got to think again, because there's recently a piece in the Wall Street Journal about the electric grid infrastructure calamity um, uh, facing the northeast part of the country. We almost got to a stage of rolling blackouts in the northeast and during blackouts. Just a couple of years ago, there was a similar situation in Texas. Um, where there were constant blackouts, there was a black swan weather event, and our electric infrastructure was not able to keep up. Now, both the conventional story about the Texas grid and the recent Wall Street Journal story about the um, uh, electric grid in the Northeast, the primary culprits in those stories are you know, green energy and so forth. And this is not to be discounted. It's true. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure, you know, gas companies are, you know, probably funded part of, you know, whatever article appeared in the Wall Street Journal. This is not to say it's not true, but that's sort of the kinder and gentler explanation that elides a deeper problem of competence. And that's what we've been focusing on at Revolver in our studies of how infrastructures collapse is that we've moved toward a system of merit to a system of promoting diversity above all else. And, you know, it's one thing to have it in sort of more superficial optics oriented positions like we've all seen commercials and definitely there's no lack of diversity there and that's fine. But once we get to maintaining critical infrastructure, we get to the stage where we're threatening major catastrophic aviation events. We're threatening blackouts in, in the country. And this is what, you know, these are critical metrics of what it means to be in a first world society. And I think that, you know, so much has happened in politics. One major thematic development that I think Revolver and myself have been at the forefront of pushing into the public conversation is the political weaponization of national security state. Now, I think that's pretty much in the public conversation. Most everybody is talking about that now. I think the next major story 
is the collapse of basic infrastructure in the United States. And this is part of that story. And I think everybody needs to go read it and share it with everybody they know. I've only got a few minutes before I have to let you go, but I have a very rudimentary, not not a rhetorical question, but just sort of a, a basic question I'm curious to get your thoughts on. The people who are doing this mass rollout of, you know, DEI, of affirmative action, of equity, whatever you want to euphemistically call it, do you think that they know that these people are incompetent and that the ramifications of pushing these policies is, like you said, crumbling infrastructure. You know, you can mask it as green energy, but there there are some very dark, life-costing, society-collapse-inducing side effects to pushing these policies, to throwing meritocracy to the wayside. Do you think the people who are who are pushing for this, do you think they consciously know that and they're okay with it? Or do you think to their core, they actually believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion you know, really is the way forward and should be America's new motto? You know, that's a great and actually very complicated question because it really boils down to the question of who the they is. Because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people in the sort of midwit sort of master's degree in education sort of professional class who fully drink the Kool-Aid And of course, there's every incentive to drink the Kool-Aid. And so in a way, now we get to sort of questions of moral psychology and political psychology, because, you know, as human beings, we're very adaptable. And in many ways, we're very good at lying to ourselves, but telling ourselves and convincing ourselves of the lies that are beneficial to believe. It's an adaptive advantage to be so delusional that you believe DEI works on an individual level because then you won't get canceled for saying the wrong thing. You won't be beleaguered with cognitive dissonance and you can thrive within your sort of narrow professional environment. But of course, at a system level, it is not advantageous to be that delusional. Um, But I actually think that, interestingly enough, this piece that we covered on the on the Harvard study indicates that at least at some level there is an awareness because this Harvard study is a study that studies South Africa's collapse and begrudgingly and in an obfuscatory way but they do acknowledge these problems come from South Africa's DEI policies. Now I think this is a kind of limited exceptional case because South Africa was once hailed as like the Uh, exemplar of what a diverse kind of multicultural democracy should look like. And it just looks really bad for it to be an utter, you know, waste hole (laughs) to use the the more polite (laughs) version. That it's that it's become. And no so I think signs while I'm hosting the war room. <laughs> right. It's always you. I, you push I the think envelope. they want to try to salvage the reputation a bit by giving them, you know, a dose of difficult medicine. So again, the question okay. of whether you know people know it's complicated depends on the day. A lot of people are fully brainwashed, but I think there there is still a layer that's sophisticated enough to understand. And, you know, there's various explanations. I think there's some people who get it think, well, um, accelerated progress in technology will make up for the competence crisis that comes from diversity, like chat GPT and AI will ultimately, for instance, take over the air traffic controller function. So it won't be an issue. So there's a lot of sort of nuance when you get to sort of the imaginative person who understands what's going on, how could they still support it? Um, 
But in this case, yes, Harvard researchers did acknowledge DEI was a critical component of South Africa's failure. And you kind of wonder, would they be willing to admit that in our case? But uh, that remains to be seen. Bill Ackman, by the way, had a very good follow-up letter to Harvard that called it out for its DEI policies that's worth taking a look at in this context. Well, I think every single one of my guests for this show is a uh, very privileged straight white male. So there is no DEI that taints my decisions in deciding <laughs> who to come on this show. So Darren Jamie, in the meantime, if people want to follow you, stay up to date with everything dropping on revolver.news, where can they go to do all of that? Yes, revolver.news, revolver.news always. We have a provocative piece about a Tucker Trump ticket or a Trump Tucker ticket. So I'm curious what the War Room Posse thinks about that. It's a guest piece, so it's not a revolver editorial position. Um, so go to revolver.news, read that. I'm at Twitter, X at Darren J. Beattie, and we are bright, white, hot always on Getter <laughs> at Revolver News. Darren, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Natalie. Our next, uh, should we call him a diversity hire in the war room? <laughs> we got Mike Davis, who always brings the heat when it comes to talking about Congress and, frankly, their inaction. I know we got some new evidence, some so-called new evidence today about how Joe Biden received direct payments from Hunter Biden's LLC, uh, Owasco, uh, the same entity that was receiving money from the Chinese Communist Party and I believe is currently under investigation for tax fraud and a host of other crimes. But I guess that's par for the course with the Biden family. But Mike Davis, I'll definitely hold you through the break. Uh, but your reactions to this latest drop of evidence? Well, it just shows that Biden has been lying all along about his son's corrupt foreign uh, foreign bribes and other corruption with China and Ukraine and Russia and Kazakhstan and every other trouble spot around the world. Joe Biden knew exactly what was going on and he personally benefited from it. Now, I'm, I'm curious because it seems like, you know, we're, I would say tough critics, but valid critics of Representative Comer here in the war room because there seems to be some lag time between what the war room posse, what we know about what the Biden family did uh, and sort of Congress's ability to act on it, right? The evidence that we're seeing come forward today. Yes, there's subpoenaed bank records, but it's part of a broader narrative that I think we've been talking about for a while. So I'm just curious, you know, when do you think we're actually going to see any action on this as opposed to just, you know, tweet threads and videos and Fox News appearances? Or do you think we're being or I'm being too harsh uh, of a judge or a critic in this case? Uh, I think that House Oversight Chairman James Comer has been doing a fantastic job. He teamed up with my former boss, Senator Chuck Grassley, the king of congressional oversight. And it's like Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. They've been working together <laughs> to uncover this corruption with Biden and his family. And this takes, look, Hunter Biden set up 20 shell companies and they've been able to uncover like $20 million, $24 million in foreign corruption, foreign payments to the Bidens between 2015 and 2019. Uh, they're going to keep going. They're going to keep finding these bank records, these bank records don't lie. And it's when Republicans, House Republicans, start feeling the heat about opening an impeachment inquiry and moving forward with impeachments. That's when th that's when things are going to happen. Right now, they don't have the votes because House Republicans, too many of them are cowards, but certainly not James Comer, 
who's been the all-star oversight leader on all of this. Mike Davis, stay with us through the break if you can. I have a couple more questions to ask you. We also got Mike Lindell, the one and only, joining us after. So stay through. We'll be right back. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber specific laser bullet into your firearm and start training. Practice alone compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, itargetpro.com, action, action, action. War Room, here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. We got the two all-star Mikes, Mike Davis and Mike Lindell, joining us in this block. But before I get back to Mike Davis, War Room boss, you got to make sure that you go to War Room, or sorry, birchgold.com slash Bannon. You can also go to warroom.org if you want to read our commentary, but birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the latest installment of The End of the Dollar Empire, written by Steve, and give the guys over at Birch Gold a call. They're very well informed about how to make sure your financial future is not beholden to the whims and the social justice-driven Marxist agendas of Joe Biden or whoever is running the show over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, speaking of inaction coming from the White House, there's been really nothing going on uh, in terms of them trying to, I was going to say, defend Jewish Americans from just evil attacks and insults uh, by Hamas supporting terrorists that reside within here in the United States. And I know, Mike Davis, you've been on the show to talk about why we need to deport Hamas sympathizers, but it seems like the Biden White House is not doing anything um, when it comes to whether it's federal civil rights laws or anti-terrorism laws uh, to really go after people here in the United States who sympathize with a known terrorist organization, Hamas. You had some fiery tweets on that. I'd love if you could, for just about two minutes, walk us through all that before I let you go. Yeah, the Biden Justice Department is putting in prison Christians who are praying outside of abortion clinics. They are sending the FBI to harass parents who are outraged by gender chaos and the resulting high school rapes and bathrooms. They're they're sending the FBI to go after Catholics for being too Catholic, like down in Richmond, Virginia, but they're giving amnesty to these Hamas supporters all over America who are threatening and actually committing violence against Jewish Americans. We saw an elderly Jewish man in California who was killed by a Hamas supporter. Jewish students on college campuses are being harassed and threatened on a daily basis. They're 
They are these mobs of Hamas supporters are going after Jewish businesses and and chanting from the river to the sea, which is calling for the genocide of you know eight million, nine million Jews who live in Israel. This is not acceptable in this country. And the Biden Justice Department has all the tools they need to actually do something about this. The Civil Rights Division, led by Kristen Clark, a Hamas sympathizer apparently, is not doing a damn thing about this. And when I when Trump is back in office, when when we have the Trump 47 administration, the Trump 47 Justice Department needs to start prosecuting these Hamas supporters. They need to start deporting these Hamas supporters. They need to start denaturalizing these Hamas supporters. It is not acceptable what they're doing. And and there's no way in hell the Biden Justice Department would let this happen to Muslims, to black people, and they shouldn't. So why are they allowing this to happen to Jewish Americans and Catholics and people who have traditional views in this country? No amnesty for Hamas supporters, no amnesty for illegals, no amnesty for Hunter Biden, and no amnesty for Anthony Fauci. That sounds like a pretty good policy plank to run on Mike Davis if people want to follow you until the next time you're on War Room. Where can they go to do that? You can go to article3project.org, donate today, article number three project. Uh, .org, at Article 3 Project, at Article Number 3 Project on Getter, Twitter, Truth, please follow us. And then my personal, as Steve says, I come in a little hot. It's M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And thank you, Natalie. The mainstream media's favorite future AG or somewhere in the Justice Department, <laughs> at least acting, non-confirmed. <laughs> thank you, Mike Davis, for joining us. Thank you. And Mike Lindell, another MAGA Mike. Uh, I'm sure you have some wonderful deals and probably some wonderful news for the War Room Posse, so I will just let you take it away. Well, I got really good news. Uh, Everybody, you can check out the good news with the election platforms over at lindellplan.com. But I have really good news here. uh, We're giving an early Christmas present to the War Room Posse because they became our number one supporters just uh, by far. And here it is. Uh, for $9.99, we're going to ship to you free any one of our roll-and-go-anywhere pillows. They're regularly $30, So And your entire order will ship for free. So this is the first time you have the American flag. We have our 200 pillows to choose from. These I take everywhere I go. I use them on top of the hotel pillows. I use them for back support, for sitting on they're, they're the best my pillow you could ever get. So there they are, $9.99. Here's all the other specials we have. You can get those. Your entire order will ship for free. There's the Roll and Go Anywhere pillows for $9.99. Then you have the, the bed sheets. You can get the queen size for only $20 or $39.98. Uh, you can get those. They all knew my pillow 2.0 for 50% off. All your whole order will ship for free take advantage of it too with the pillow or with the uh, my pillow mattress topper and the beds because shipping's expensive get take advantage of this, your whole order will ship free and uh, but get all your christmas presents now call 800-873-1062 for nine dollars and 99 cents you could buy 50 of those get all your christmas done and everybody will enjoy a my pillow roll and go anywhere my pillow for christmas and the whole order ships for free natalie Real quick, Mike, before I let you go, we got about a minute. The latest on the election integrity front, where do we stand on that? That's really good news. I was just out in California. 
and we've got so many things going. We just had now machine free. So they're going to go to paper ballots and count. Our great real president in his speech in Iowa, he just did. He said, why, when he gets back in, they're going to get rid of the machines altogether. And, and he's, they're 10 times cheaper. Everybody should be going for this. And uh, we have great news coming out all over the country. Uh, we know the great news out of Georgia when that judge ruled that you're not a conspiracy theorist anymore if you talk about these things. So we're free to talk about it. Our election platforms, that's a big thing. And we're waiting for that judge now on January 9th, a big case in Georgia, how she rules on that or what she says about uh, these these machines having uh, um, uh, you know, vulnerabilities. And let's just call them vulnerabilities. You know what I'm talking about them. Um, but they, uh, it's, we've got our team working out. We're going to have in January, all 50 states and every county, 3,143 of them are going to be coming out with individual plans to get their machine or their county's paper ballots hand on. So great things coming. Mike Lindell, thank you so much for joining us. And one more time, give us that phone number that people can call. Yeah, if you guys can put that up on the screen there, it's uh, uh, 1-800-873-1062. Keep my operators, but they love talking to the War Room Posse. Give them a call, War Room Posse. Thank you, Mike Liddell. And thank you, War Room Posse, for hanging with me. Steve will be back, so don't go anywhere. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time-sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's donedebt.com. Donewithdebt.com. Go there today. Action, action, action. Stop the worrying. Take action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM Health, all one word, WARROOMHealth.com. Go there today. 
You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action.